What does it mean from a holistic standpoint to say that something runs in your family? In today's episode, I'm getting into ancestral disease patterns, how we can begin to alter these states that seem to be faded, hint, they're not, and how we can turn to plant medicines and other resources to support us in ancestral healing. Stay tuned to find out in episode 30 of the Subtle Medicine Podcast, Ancestral Disease Patterns. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Subtle Medicine Podcast, brought to you by Inner Spark and your host, Devin Ray Battaglia. I'm the podcast producer, Mike, and I'd like to thank everyone who supports us by going to innerspark.life slash resources or patreon.com slash innerspark. Without your support, this show would not be possible. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more. Thank you so very much. And now, here's your host, Devin. Ever notice, or maybe you've experienced firsthand, how certain things run in families? It can be behavior traits, characteristics, mindsets, beliefs, traditions, and so on. It can also be diseases of all kinds, cancers, heart disease, diabetes, and the like. And yes, many of the diseases we have today are lifestyle-related or genetic, So rather than accepting that, you know, insert any disease here runs in my family, which we've all heard before, why don't we ever stop and wonder why? When did this start? What started it? What traits are being passed down? What emotional wounding? And who is going to break the cycle and not simply accept things as they are? And the beautiful thing about us alive here right now is it gets to be us. We have the opportunity and the invitation to do that right now. So my question is always, why is a person predisposed to something in the first place? We can just start right there. And we can look at the wounds that are running their lives that prevent the full embodiment of their vitality, their essence, their spirit, whatever you want to call it, from inhabiting their body and thus creating a very healthy, wholesome experience. And as I've touched on many times in my work and my teachings, trauma changes us on all levels. So whenever a traumatic experience happens, we are changed forever on all levels of our being. And so it's not a matter of if you're going to experience trauma, it's a matter of when. That's that's the nature of being a human. And so when this change happens, like I said, there is a physiological response in the body that forever alters the way that your genes express themselves. And so this trauma, if it's not fully felt to completion and processed and moved, is lodged in your system. And so this little snapshot experience lives through you and constantly leaks energy for lifetimes after the initial trauma took place. So really hear that for lifetimes. So it's something that could have happened many generations back that is still living through you today. So sometimes these wounds aren't even yours, but the result of something in our lineage. If there was severe trauma a few generations back, the parents who raised that child will have passed along certain traits that were finally passed on to you. So these things live in us on a genetic, chemical, physiological level, as well as a behavior and characteristic mindset, worldview, belief, that level as well. So when we combine those two parts together, we're really creating the perfect environment in our system to create disease of some kind. And then based on whatever particular flavor 
of the trauma will dictate how that expresses itself physically. And so it can be in the body. That's where we'll see instances of a long line of of a certain type of cancer, or we'll see instances of a long line of that same kind of scarcity story living through us on a, on a, you know, in, in our life. And so maybe the, the body is not necessarily speaking, but the choices, the behaviors that we engage in, the life that we build is a manifestation of how our lineage has dealt with that specific trauma. We also see this with addictions. Addictions run in family because no one has yet had the courage or the resources to process the things that are driving these people to numb and to bypass. So another way of dealing with trauma is to not deal with it. And that really is the the go-to. And so then we will see addictions of all kinds. And I, I've talked a lot about addiction on this show. I had a whole episode where I talked about it. It doesn't have to just be two substances in the classic way that we think about it, you know, drugs, alcohol. It's really anything that gives us a way to numb and bypass and not deal with our human experience. Do you think that that kind of uh, bypassing might be hard to recognize when it's something that the whole family is like currently participating in? Like, for example, you and I eat dinner at the table every night. But when I was a kid, we ate around the TV. There was no conversation, no how was your day. Uh, But there was so much reality TV and so much numbing out in front of the TV. But when I was a teenager, it struck me as odd that there was like this expectation of being home for dinner. But what was the point of being home if all you're doing is sitting in the living room watching TV, not talking to each other? It felt like uh, like detention to me. I don't mean to be judgy here, but I bounced around a lot of different homes growing up. So I kind of had, I was like an outsider and had an outsider's perspective. And I was like, no wonder obesity runs in the family and God knows what else when I'm looking at three generations of a family all sitting around the same room. So to your point, I've also got to ask like what happened in the previous generations that set up this like systemic lethargy and all that goes into it and what is it going to take for a second or third generation person who grew up being subtly programmed that this is what family looks like this is virtuous this is living the dream you know because it can be a lot to overcome yeah totally and that's a great reflection when you're raised with a certain sense of normalcy even though it may not truly feel wholesome, it is difficult to change. It is very difficult to change. And, you know, there, there's a number of factors as to why that is. There's a certain level of inertia and complacency because it's like, well, this is, I, I'm already here. I've been doing this for so many decades. It ain't that bad. I might as well just keep going. There's also this kind of subconscious allegiance to the the family status quo even if it is a dysfunctional one that doesn't feel very good there's like a oh i can't who am i to do something differently i can't leave leave the lineage behind i have to you know if if we're gonna sit around and smoke cigarettes and and not speak to each other over our takeout every night then damn it like that's that's what i have to do that's my duty so there's there's a lot of different things that that can go into it and Even beyond that, to your kind of original question that you posed is how does one even begin to see that this way doesn't feel good to me? And again, I really I want to reiterate, I know Mike already said this, but totally not being judgy here. We both grew up with with some very dysfunctional patterns that didn't feel good. And we both have had to unravel 
our own dysfunction and our own um, issues with addiction and all of these various, you know, unproductive, unhealthy coping mechanisms. And so I, I say that to, to for a couple of reasons. One, like I've been there. Two, it's totally possible to choose something else. And three, I don't know if I had a third point. <laughs> totally not judging. All right. So how, how do we see that what is being experienced doesn't feel good? We know. We know when something doesn't feel good. It's a matter of trusting ourselves and it's a matter of looking around and seeing what the product is and feeling it in your own body and in your own system and asking yourself, why am I choosing these things? Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I buying this brand of, you know, uh, detergent? Why am I doing these things? And most of the time we will find that these are reactive habitual choices and programs that aren't authentically ours. They're not our values. They're the values of the lineage, which ultimately have been adopted as a coping mechanism, as a strategy to bypass and ignore some trauma, some painful thing that has spiraled and snowballed into just many generations of not fully embodied humans, many generations of people experiencing dis-ease on multiple levels. So there is an opportunity, like I said, for us to see behind that that veil of ignorance, if you will, and choose something that does feel very good and that is aligned with us. And ultimately, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, our ancestors want that for us. They want that for us. There is no, uh, you know, dishonoring family or going against them by us choosing to align with our values. So aside from the ways that we outwardly express ourselves that are genetic, like addictions, behavior traits, the way we purchase what we purchase, the way we believe what we, what we believe, and so on, diseases of the physical body also run in families. The physical body, as you've heard me say so many times, is simply a reflection of our internal workings. It is a gross, tangible, physical manifestation of our subtle, intangible realms. So our emotional, mental, and spiritual or energetic bodies. These subtle places provide instructions and the building blocks of our physical, tangible experience. So if they are operating out of trauma and woundings, and our system is low on vital energy to ensure healthy function of the physical body, then guess what? Disease sets in. And as we continue to live in the ways that created the perfect environment for said disease, it'll continue to breed through the lineage. That's simple. Where and how physical dis-ease manifests can always be quite telling as well. The body's messages are maps and clues and are indicative of what's happening on the subtle level. For example, a thyroid issue is painting a much different picture of the internal landscape than, say, heart disease. So what runs in your family? Just take a moment and kind of reflect on what we've discussed so far. What runs in your family physically? emotionally, behaviorally, mentally, and what can you deduce about this particular manifestation? Meaning, where do you believe it may have originally stemmed from? What, um, even if you don't know the original thing, because like I said, this could have happened so many generations ago, like your grandparents weren't even a thought, you know, this this could go way back. But just based on what you see as an outside perspective, pretend, you know, take yourself out. What can you 
possibly begin to deduce about this particular manifestation? So I want to get into what I've seen running in my family, you know, quote unquote running. Uh, but first, I need to take a little intermission here to thank everyone out there for listening and subscribing. As the podcast producer, it would mean the world to me if you could rate us or leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And if you'd like to get involved with helping us to keep this show going, then please head over to patreon.com slash innerspark, where you can become a patron of Innerspark. And if you really want to get the absolute most out of this energetic exchange, then do yourself a favor and go to innerspark.life slash resources, where you'll find all of Devin's current offerings and the most up-to-date blog articles and links to the Facebook group. It's all there. And whether you make a commitment as easy as a three-day self-paced exploratory or something as transformational as a core wound alchemy experience, you're not only getting access to some really profound and life-changing work, you're also getting the satisfaction of knowing that you've contributed to the success of InnerSpark, and you're supporting Devin in her mission to reach and empower all those sensitive and intuitive souls out there just like you. Seriously, we cannot do it without you. And without you, we would not have the opportunity to have this open discussion of ancestral disease patterns and healing our collective human lineage. Which brings me back to our topic. For me, I know both of my parents had heart conditions, and I also know that they were heavy smokers for years, so maybe there's something in my genetic code that leans towards having a weaker cardiac muscle. But are we all going to pretend that this is completely unrelated to the generations of smokers and self-abusers whose bodies wrote the genetic code for those weaker hearts? I'm curious to know uh, what you've been told is inevitable for you and what's in your cards, so to speak. Mm. I'll answer your question in a second, but first, mm, smoking is a good one to explore. Sure, it weakens everything, 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 and does deplete the bodies of the smokers, who in turn are making depleted future bodies as offspring, and smoking in and of itself is a total means of self-medicating. Tobacco, just pure tobacco, not what, you know, other cigarette making companies have done to tobacco, but just tobacco, is an incredibly sacred plant teacher. It's incredibly grounding, very grounding and protective. And the act of smoking itself can be relaxing because one is consciously breathing. And for some reason in the majority of our culture, you have to be doing something like smoking to go engage in conscious breathing. So I'd go so far as to say that smoking is linked to that early trauma in the lineage and is a means of self-soothing and grounding as well as bypassing and numbing. And of course, it wreaks havoc on the physical body as well. I also come from a long line of smokers and alcohol abusers and partook in both activities very <laughs> robustly for many years of my early life. Um, so I am familiar with that in my lineage too. And um, the women in my family on my mother's side have all had or had issues that impacted their reproductive system from cervical cancer to endometriosis to multiple miscarriages, to breast cancer, which, yes, isn't a reproductive organ, but still falls into the female health category, uh, to PCOS and amenorrhea and dysmenorrhea. This is a lot of women who have struggled with female-specific health issues. And again, I fell into that in my earlier years, specifically with PCOS and 
amenorrhea and dysmenorrhea. You know, we tend to normalize much of this, much of the physical health challenges that our culture faces today, especially in the area of women's health. The thing is, it's not normal and it's not okay. There's also a deep-seated feminine shame wound in my maternal lineage coupled with sexual suppression thanks to strict Catholic influences a few generations back that ended with my mother as she didn't pass this along to my brother and me. So you see, we can start to really paint pictures and understand the deeper things at play when we take some time to just kind of step back and look in on our lineage with with just pure love and compassion and open mind and as a neutral kind of third party observer. I'd love to know about what runs in your family and what you notice as it relates to subtle underlying psycho-emotional and psycho-spiritual layers. Each disease that comes from that. So again, these subtle layers are creating our physical, gross, tangible experience in our bodies and in the lives that we live. So each carries a specific clue and, a, and message. And Thyroid can be related to lack of self-expression and fear around expression in particular. Heart disease can be related to deeply held anger, resentment, and sadness. Diabetes can be related to powerlessness, unworthiness, and difficulty receiving and being content. Obviously, these are very general overviews of these specific ailments. And it's going to vary from person to person, lineage to lineage, and also be greatly influenced by current lifestyle factors. Yes, because these these things are in our genetic code. They are our predisposition. They are our the information that is in our system that can be activated should we choose to continue to participate in the things that led to that information being there in the first place. So yes, the lifestyle factor is there and you get to choose something differently. And the point is, I'm trying to paint a picture so that we can really see more clearly and more deeply by, by observing, taking that, that larger perspective, that neutral third party observing and, and putting pieces together and understanding. So how do we begin to heal and choose something differently? And I'd like to reiterate what I said at the beginning of this episode, which is we have a profound opportunity right now in this lifetime and in this body now to heal our lineage. I mean, how extraordinary is that? Truly. And it starts within. It starts with you. Health, wholeness, love, purpose, it's all an inside job. There's nothing outside of you. There is no magical pill. There's no magical program or, you know, the perfect teacher or guru or, you know, nothing that is outside of you that has the answers. You have them. There's guidance outside of you. There's things there to help you to remember all of this that is right here within you. We must learn to feel and think and act and choose and live for ourselves without the layers of others, without layers of program. And it's bold and it's also incredibly selfless. And this is all so much of what I do with my clients, ancestral healing. It's a very esoteric, energetic process. And it's also a very practical, tangible process as well. And when we think about it, I love thinking about it like this. We are the answers of our ancestors' prayers. We're their dreams come true. They want us to live full, healthy, joyous lives. They don't want us to continue the same dysfunctional patterns. They didn't want it for themselves. And yet, for whatever reasons, 
they didn't or couldn't or didn't know how to do otherwise. And so now it's our turn. And it's very painful sometimes. There's a lot of resentment and anger and blame. I know I experienced that deeply, um, especially with my mother and watching her spiral down this horrible path of of addiction and substance abuse and her own kind of prison that she'd created for herself full of shame and self-loathing. And so growing up, that was incredibly difficult. And it made me just so full of anger and resentment and just, yeah, a lot of a lot of anger and resentment. And so then I turned that towards myself and hated her. And, you know, I, I know that this is a very common story. And so it can make this kind of self-righteous thing where it's like, fuck the lineage and I don't know what to do. And now I'm just angry and miserable and we're all screwed and you know, da, 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 da. and that's not the most wholesome and productive way of using that fire. That is your fire burning you from the inside out rather than you using that in a productive manner that is going to create a life that you actually feel good living. You get to feel good. Pleasure and joy and fulfillment are your birthright and you get to choose those things. And if if struggling with mother wounds in particular is something that is part of your story. I've talked so much about my own healing experience and love sharing those resources because I think that it's so important as we heal the collective spirally female, female feminine energies in general. So go check out my um, mother wound episode, episode 15. So some other things that we can work with, okay, as we are healing our lives and and the generations before us, which directly impact us now, and even still on a quantum level, right, we're still so entangled with each other. And so as we heal and shift now, we're also rippling backwards and forwards. There's that beautiful saying about healing seven generations back and seven generations forward. And so it is that powerful. And so all of those imprints and and frequencies and and codes and patterns and things that are still here and still rippling and the shockwaves are still being felt in your life today, you get to kind of just stop, right? It's like, like a tsunami being built or an avalanche coming down. You get to just kind of turn around and put your hand up to it and just say no and turn it back the other way and create a whole new ripple, a whole new energetic frequency. So some things to work with, rituals, ancestral altars, and lifestyle shift. So creating your own rituals. Yes, you know, you can look up ancestral healing rituals and start turning to good old Google and creating your own is going to be so incredibly profound. It builds self-trust. It has potent meaning because it's personal to you and it is just incredibly empowering. And I guide clients in creating their their own rituals for lots of things. And it is such a truly profound experience. We can work with moon phases and different plant medicines and yeah, so rituals, rituals, rituals. Ancestral altars, creating a space in your home that is dedicated to uh, your ancestors and communing with them and and healing and and working with where they left off, right? So what what work is next? Making those lifestyle shifts necessary that don't activate the information and the codes within your DNA that say, okay, turn on the heart disease, turn on the diabetes, making those lifestyle shifts, Uh, engaging in shadow work, 
And you can turn to episode 21 for that. So really getting down and dirty with what you're carrying. Creating your own energy work, your, your own energy healing practices, and really befriending those subtle realms of yourself, creating those, those shifts. Because all of this stuff, all these traumas, all these imprints, they're just a specific energetic code that you're carrying and vibrating at. Period. It's like that simple. So when you can begin to shift that, you <laughs> it's really hard to put into words. You basically you rewire who you are. Not even that. Let me let me retract that. You rewire so that you're expressing who you really are. You're removing the layers of bullshit. Episode 25 to go learn to remove layers of bullshit. That should be that episode's tagline. Uh, working with the mother wound and empowering the spiral energies within and forgiving the mother figures in your life for what you perceived and experienced as their shortcomings and how you internalized it to mean that you were flawed and unlovable or whatever that story may be for you. That's episode 15. Feminine shame because it's time to unravel that nasty son of a bitch. That's episode 17. Working with plant spirit medicine in episode two. And this really has the capacity to heal and rewire the old crud that you're carrying for your for your past and future lineage. It ties a lot into the energy work, energy healing component that I spoke about, and is also much more deeper and profound than that because you're also relearning to calibrate with nature, the the universal cosmic flow and that which is bigger than you. And lastly, something to check out is the the disease process. We're really understanding and learning more about how these subtle imprints do create your physical experience and your physical body. And that's episode three. And, you know, this, this stuff is real. The subtle things that you are carrying create your body, create your life. The things that you carry and hold are responsible for any physical challenge that you are experiencing. The body wants to be healthy. You want a delicious, nourishing life. Nobody's like, oh, I just really want to, you know, have a horrible life. I just want to wake up miserable tomorrow. Yeah. That would be really great. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I just want to, I want to live in lack and struggle. I want to be really sick all the time. Like, that's not what we really innately want. Just love hanging out in, in hospitals and in line at the pharmacy. It's just really where I want to be. Yeah. Like, none of us really want that. And if we think we do, it's because we're really struggling with some deep self-worth stuff. But none of us truly, truly wants that. I really avoid making generalized statements, but that's just one that I really feel I can boldly make. It's pretty universal. Right. Yeah. We want to be healthy. We want to be joyous. We want to be full and nourished and fulfilled. And we get to do that. And so if anything in our lives is creating something that is not that, that's when we don't feel good because it's not who we truly are. It's not what we truly want in this life. And when those things are here, that is an invitation for us to look within, not to start blaming, not to look without or outside and point fingers. And, you know, if my mother would have done this better or if her mother would have done that, because then we're just like, how far back are we going to go? And that's a waste of time. It's not doing anything. You're here now. You got some stuff you're carrying. The people before you, for whatever reason, weren't equipped. It wasn't safe. It wasn't their time. Who knows and who cares, really? They didn't do the work. They didn't do the things that started to unravel and create a more nourishing life. And guess what? You get to do that now. And it's not for 
them. It's not, you know, there isn't this. I know I've had clients tell me and I felt this way before early, early on in my process where it's like, if I let go of all this, then it just makes it all okay. It makes it everything I've been through just okay. It's like my anger gets to gets to keep my victim alive and, and like make me feel all, you know, self-righteous and whatever the case is. And that's just not true. Anything like that is just draining you of your energy and is creating ill health and a life that doesn't feel fucking amazing. We all have the ability to wake up every morning and be stoked as hell to get out of bed in a body that feels awesome. And so if that's not happening for you right now, then you get to look at yourself and look within and ask, why is that? What's here? What am I participating in that is not aligned with my values? Where have I given my power away to old, outdated paradigms and am not living in accordance with what really matters to me? And truly, once these things start to, these conversations start to be had with yourself, sometimes the shifts are so like instantaneous, it's it's almost miraculous. Uh, just a last minute little quick story. When my mother and I were kind of at the height, it was in my early 20s and we were at the height of our our budding heads as I was really starting to see things for how they were and I had finally allowed myself to feel angry for a whole lifetime of stuff that I had suppressed and I was sober for the first time since I was probably 11 and you know so a lot a lot was coming up for me and I had I had set boundaries with her so that I could engage in some of my you know kind of clear clear my space and clear myself my energy for the first time in my life and that's around the time that my own cycle started to become even wonkier and I went without a cycle for several years which is something and I I've I've spoken about this before I don't remember which episodes now probably the mother wound one But I had gone without a cycle for like two or three years, which prior to this, I had been a clock. And we typically only see stuff like that in, you know, female athletes or um, cases of starvation or or anorexia where, you know, there's there's they're emaciated and there's not enough body fat and all of these things. And that that was not the case for me at all. And it was a very baffling, frustrating experience in my lifetime, to say the least, wondering what my body was doing. And as I came to this this healing revelation with her and was ultimately able to just forgive, it was truly a, a very spiritually awakening, spiritual awakening rather, experience. And I had this healing conversation with her and released her and it was so beautiful. And she even told me, wow, I've never been able to get to this point with my own mother. You know, so he- hearing and seeing the ripples firsthand of this gift that I was giving myself, freeing myself, freeing her, freeing her from her mother. So this this beautiful line of women that I could feel in spirit behind me. My, my own mother was still alive during this, which I'm thankful that we got to have that before her passing. Um, but about two weeks later, I ovulated for the first time in three years and then had a cycle. So nothing else had changed. Nothing else was different. And believe me, I had done and tried all of the things. <laughs> You remember that time in our lives, babe? Oh, yeah. I had done and tried all the things. So long story short, and I I love that story and could tell it forever and go into more of the subtle nuances. But what I really would love for you to take from that is 
the profundity of our own power and this work and in just engaging in some radical self-exploration and forgiveness and truth. So that is all the time we have for today, my loves. Do you have anything else to add? I, I do, but we are definitely mm. on over time. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode, we can maybe do a part two of this. I would love that. I really want to look at how, like, when you set the foundation for a good relationship with yourself, you were able to uh, set the ground to have a better relationship with your mother that she didn't even come near to having with her own mother. And how, like, yeah, just talking about turning around that lineage and the power of ritual was another thing that you were talking about that I wanted to chime in on, but... Yeah, we could definitely do a part two. We need a part two of yeah. this. Okay, so loves, knowing that there's a part two coming, right. what questions do you have? Come at me. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us and leave us a review. Share us with a friend. And I'd really appreciate it if you could let us know how we're doing by filling out our listener survey at innerspark.life survey. The link is in the show notes. And don't forget that there are so many ways for you to get involved with me and my work through innerspark.life slash resources. Go there to connect with my Facebook group and to learn more. I truly hope to see you there. So much love until then.